Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 9, Episode 20 of 7th Heaven. The title is Leaps of Faith. The IMDb user synopsis is, When Simon visits home to write a paper, the twins are just happy. The sisters speculate what trouble he's in. Dad guesses his Bible reading is a pact with God for a clear bill on his venereal disease test. Zoe convinces Martin to join her watching a meteor shower for an astronomy assignment, but he leaves his cell phone afraid to tell Eric as it's at night and thus misses a persistent caller from Iraq. Lucy wants to return to parish work, but Kevin refuses to dump their baby on her ma, even prefers doing night shifts or becoming a home dad. Ruthie's ex, Peter Petrowski's parents, George, Vic, and Paris, ask Eric to remarry them. Ruthie's boyfriend, Vincent, is offended she nags about Peter saying not to feel anything for her anymore. Well, our job here is done. What was your first impression? Um, I am sad that we have now lost Simon to, I guess, the light side. Um, he was the only other normal Camden, I felt like. Outside of Mary, but Mary's never to return. Um, but now Simon is back to being a, a god boy. God boy. A, a god boy. Which is not, I mean, a problem. It's just we. It was fun to like have it's somebody in the family like, that's not that. And I don't know. It's like weird the way he's going about it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a very stark turnaround. It's. It also is kind of like interesting to me that the multiple times when there were pregnancy scares. He did not convert back to God, but the one time that he might have an STD, he did, which is, I think, an interest, if you think about it, like, deep, like, the pregnancy wasn't happening to him, but the STD would have been happening to him, and that's very selfish, Simon Camden. (laughs) Wow, Um, some in-depth analysis. Yes, that's, well, that's my thoughts on it. Um, I don't know, it, it just seems like a... If they wanted to get him to get back in touch with God, they should have done it with one of the random pregnancy scares instead of the STD scare. I feel like it should have gone in some sort of, like, aggressive order instead of this random, like, weird, like, I don't know. It doesn't go in any type of, like, progression in any way. Um, Let's get started. So the cold open introduces us to a storyline which is very, like, typical Seventh Heaven in that the Rev is helping out a different family. But, unfortunately, that storyline has nothing to do with this storyline. I guess it's all about risks, right? Like, take, people taking risks? No, I, I think don't that know. this, this storyline really was very far removed from everything else that was going on. So, in the cold open, we're introduced to Lynn Miles and her two daughters, Tanya and Christy, who both have sickle cell disease, um, and... Uh, we g- gather the Rev is like knows about them. It con- is constantly visiting them. Knows their story, and Lynn lets us know that her ex husband Russell, who's been out of the picture, is suddenly back in the picture and wants the daughters to move to Memphis, and she kind of wants the Rev to take control of the situation. And that is, I think, that's it for the cold open, right? Yeah. So we're gonna just finish up this storyline because it's so as it's like not really connected to anything else, and also it's very brief and not really developed. I don't know. It's just a plug for St. Jude's Mm -hmm. Children's Hospital. Um, So this, like, so the Rev goes to the promenade where he's going to meet with Russell, the ex-husband who wants the girls to move to Memphis. And wait, there's an interesting thing that happens before she meets Russell. (laughs) What is that? 
I don't know. So first, actually, the Rev is just sitting in the promenade waiting for Russell to arrive, and these two, like, preteen boys come up to the Rev, and they're like, can we borrow $10 to buy coffee? And then the Rev is like, $10 for coffee? I can't afford that. And they're like, neither can we. And then they just walk away. Is that, like, a commentary on the cost of things? I don't, I don't understand. I Yeah. And then Russell arrives, and... He has, like, a productive conversation with the Rev, I guess, in which he explains that his mother had sickle cell disease and that he watched her die and they wouldn't give her painkillers because they thought she was just a drug addict trying to get painkillers. And he doesn't want to see that happen to his daughters, and that's why he ran away to Memphis. And he, the reason he wants the daughters to move to Memphis now is because that is where uh, St. Jude's hospital is and they have like cutting edge treatments for sickle cell disease and uh he would like his daughters to be treated there uh and this kind of continues with the rev kind of pleading russell's case to lynn uh lynn miles by the way is played by actress erica alexander who um has been in a number of things she's had guest spots in like um last man standing and suits uh but is very well known from her stint on i think this was like maybe late 80s early 90s living single that that show um and Obviously, she's like, I don't want to send my girls away to Memphis, but her and Russell, like, talk it out, and we learn that um, the girl, like, the insurance, anything that insurance doesn't cover, St. Jude's covers, St. Jude's also provides housing, that, like, she can move to Memphis with the girls so she won't be giving her girls away, but the problem is that, like, the new treatment is very, is new, so they don't know what the long-term side effects are, so it's all about, like, should I take this risk? which I guess is, like, the overarching theme. Not really, but, like, I guess that's why it's called Leaps of Faith. I don't know. The overarching theme is that people get divorced and then they get married again. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, Their kind of storyline, quote-unquote, ends with them. It definitely seems like they seem to be reconciling, reconciling and, like, kind of coming to some sort of agreement in which she will definitely be moving to Memphis with her daughters and her and her ex-husband are, like, getting to know each other again and they're going on their first or second date to a wedding yes we'll get back to (laughs) To that that, yeah um so i don't know we're moving moving on ruthie's storyline is kind of gets kicked off when there is a knock at the camden's door and she opens the door and who is there but peter remember him Uh, and she's like what are you doing here and then paris and vic step from, like, behind the bushes or something and reveal that they are also there, and Paris is very pregnant. Um, so they're like, we're going to get married because, well, I mean, this is, like, a separate, whatever. I don't know. No, we can talk about it. It's yeah. fine. So whatever, Paris and Vic are going to get married, and they want the Rev to marry them, and it's going to be great. And so, but, like, Ruthie calls Peter after this initial interaction and she's like, I don't know what, what I don't know, well, she, to, to find out if he still has feelings for her or something. Um, yeah, and we find out that he, the reason that he never, like, spoke to her after he moved out of the school district or whatever is because he didn't have any feelings for her, and also that he has a girlfriend. And Ruthie kind of spends a phone conversation talking to her now boyfriend, Vincent, about her ex-boyfriend, Peter. And we all know that that's, like, a no-no. And Vincent's like, I don't... 
well, you clearly still have feelings for him, so I don't want to, like, I'm not going to, I don't want to have this conversation. And Ruthie's like, I don't know why you're mad. I, I am the, re- I have, like, reason to be mad, because Peter didn't call me. But the, basically, this entire storyline with Ruthie made me realize that she really needs female friends, and I hope Seventh Heaven gives her some female friends, because all of her, I feel like all of her, like, friendships in her preteen slash teen years have been with guys. Like, what girls does she have around her? No one. I don't, well, Ashley Benson that one time. And Zoe. And yeah. Lu- Lucy. I don't know. But, like, none of these people are... I don't feel like... She doesn't have any friends ever, though. If you take away, like, that's true. Oh, their, their boyfriends or whatever, then she's just all alone. <laughs> they finally acknowledge that Ruthie... Or that, like, Peter was Ruthie's first boyfriend and Ruthie was Peter's first girlfriend, even though they seem to forget about the boyfriend-girlfriend being the first thing, like, earlier on this season. But whatever. Um... There's, like, some awkward tension between Peter and Ruthie still. Like, I don't know what the show was trying to do, if it was trying to get us to be nostalgic about them from, like, la- the last couple of seasons. But it's also very clear that the show's moving forward with Vincent and Ruthie um, because he come Like, at the end of the episode, they're fine, and he also gets invited to the wedding. So that's... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, the wedding is just in the Camden's living room, so. <laughs> uh, I will also like. I would also like to say that uh, not to jump too high on the um, Martin and Ruthie ship, but I feel like I've noticed this in the, in this past few episodes. Is that Ruthie? Even when Ruthie and Martin storylines aren't like intermingled and in that they're not interacting, their storylines are still set parallel to each other, like side by side. Um, I feel like. Every time we have a Ruthie scene, right afterwards we have a Martin scene. Or every time we have a Martin scene, right afterwards we have a Ruthie scene. This go-around of watching the show, I do not like Martin. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) He's, like, very, like, he's, like, very, I don't know, moody or just, I don't, he he gets. I feel like they they write. He's very aggressive. I feel like they change his character from episode to episode. Yeah. I feel like they haven't established who he is yet. And I feel like they just, like, whatever the scene tells him to do that's what he does and he doesn't really have like we i can't really predict what he's going to do next mm-hmm. um which, which speaking of i guess we'll talk about martin now i guess yeah anyway martin's storyline is stupid he gets a call from zoe who i guess he's like dating again because they only broke up because she was pretending to be rich <laughs> and then he found out she's actually poor so he's okay with it i don't know uh, and she's like, I need help with my homework, and my homework is to watch a meteor shower for my astronomy class, and I can't watch it until 9.30. So Martin is like, I can't go out that late, and Zoe is like, don't ask anyone, just go. And he does. <laughs> well, Aaron brought up this really good point when we were watching it. Like, it, the show made it seem like when she came out as poor, that <laughs> um, that like we would we would now find Zoe like likable. That we didn't really know her from before. Like the real Zoe. Yeah, is a she was just different. like putting on like a, a, I don't know an and, act. Right, but she's the same exact person. But now she's just <laughs> she's very annoying. Yeah, she's just like nothing about her has substantially changed. She's just. Now people know that, now I guess Martin knows that she's poor. I don't know, I, I felt like there was going to be a character change, but she's still, I don't know, sorry Katie Cassidy, but Zoe's still the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry Aaron. you were saying. 
Anyway, well, that's about it. Like, I don't know. So Simon, as we... Oh, we didn't actually say this, but Simon is back at the Camden house. We'll get to that. But um, he goes up to the garage apartment as Martin is preparing to leave to go hang out with Zoe and watch the meteor shower. And I don't know... um, he goes. He goes, and he leaves his father. And there. Simon is like, oh, "Okay, I won't tell anyone that you uh, that you're gone or whatever." But he leaves his phone there, and then it's ringing off the hook, and the rev comes up to look for Simon, I guess. And he's like, "Where's Martin?" And Simon's like, "His phone has been ringing off the hook." So finally, the next time it rings, the rev picks it up, and it is um, Martin's father. But we don't actually learn what is said because, well, the next day, Martin runs into the rev, and he's like, "Oh, I got, I didn't." come into the house when I got home because it was pretty late, but, um, what, you had a message for me, uh, and the rev is like, yes, your father called, but he wouldn't tell me what he said, what he wanted to tell you, so he'll call again tonight. We find out at the end of the episode that it's that Martin's father's coming home, um, which, wonder what that means for Martin and the Camdens and the show. Is Is Martin leaving the garage apartment? Can I move into the garage apartment now? Like, what's happening? Uh, now we'll talk about Simon, since we just we just mentioned him. Um, so Simon is home. Um, the last time we saw Simon, uh, which I know might seem like a while ago because of the episodes, but um, he was finding out whether or not he had an STD. Apparently he still hasn't found out yet. Because he put off going to the doctor. Um. And he came home, like, he came home on the basis that he needs to write a paper and he'll write the paper better if he's fed correctly. But it's clear that, like, he wants to be surrounded by family when he finds out whether or not he has an STD. Um, We have a bunch of scenes of Simon reconnecting with God. He, like, makes a pact with God, basically. Like, if you don't give me an STD, then I will reconnect with you again and he like i guess it makes all these promises about like how he's going to act in the future about his social life about his sex life etc etc um and surprise of all surprises he doesn't have an std yay and so because god granted him no std he believes in god again and he'll never have sex again which is a lie until he's married um oh i guess yeah uh but he's wearing a cross now. He says, God bless. And when he's talking to people, he's like, I'm praying for you. And I hate it. <laughs> so that's a thing. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I was paying enough attention to know if Simon was truly converted or if he was kind of just saying things. But it felt wrong. <laughs> and I didn't like it. Oh, well. In seventh heaven, everything feels wrong. That is, that is true. Uh, yeah, um, finally we have, or I guess kind of finally, we have Lucy and Kevin. Um, this, I, okay, I've been trying to not be so perturbed by everything Lucy does, because I feel like, you know, I should. But you can't help it. I can't help it. So, this kind of thing that's been, like, on the, it's been very subtle, not subtle, but, like, the underlying storyline of this season ever since the baby was born, Savannah, um, has been that they're moving and they can't count on the Rev and Annie to take care of their daughter. Like, that's not how it's going to work. And it kind of all comes to a head in this episode in which Lucy's like, I'm going to go back to work and my mom will take care of Savannah. And Kevin's like, no, 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 we're moving. 
we have to figure something else out, you know, and they kind of come up with this plan that mirrors what uh, Paris and Vic are going to do, which I guess connects to their storyline a little bit. But basically, it's like, while one of them is working, the other one's going to be home, and the other one's working, like, one of them, the other one will be home, you know, whatever, night shifts and shit. So, uh, but Lucy doesn't think that's... She doesn't think, I guess, that Kevin can take care of the baby on his own. Which begs the question, why have a child with the man if you did not see him as a father or a stay-at-home type? Like, like, I don't know. Okay, so if... Here's the thing. I, I'm trying to, like, rationalize why Lucy is the way Lucy is, but which is clearly impossible. But if Lucy was going to be a stay-at-home mom, stay mom, then I would understand why she's like, oh, I never saw Kevin as a stay-at-home dad, but that's why we're still having this child. But she always had the dream of going back to work. So what was she expecting to happen? That she was going to have a child with this man, and then that was it? That? Miraculously, the child would then grow up without any parenting. Like... I don't know. Maybe, I know that, like, the baby is still, like, relatively very young. Maybe she's just, like, doesn't trust him with a very young baby. And when the baby is a little older baby. But that's, I feel like those are conversations you should, or thoughts that you should have had before you had the child. Like, oh, I don't think you're, you are equipped, equipped, or, like, you have the knowledge enough to take care of the small child. Let's figure that out before... We have this small child. I don't know. I think it's frustrating. Maybe it's me being very nitpicky. Let us know. <laughs> um, anyway, this all kind of basically goes into... Finally, Lucy asks Annie if she can babysit, and Annie's like, ah, nope, that's my granddaughter, not my daughter, not doing it. And Lucy's like, okay. And Kevin babysits, and it, the baby's alive. And Kevin doesn't babysit. He takes care of his child. Right, sorry. Kevin takes care of the child. Lucy thinks he's done an okay job. This doesn't seem to be something that's resolved, really. I guess we'll see how it ends. The season's coming to an end, so... Who cares? <laughs> True. Um, and that's it for Lucy. That's, like, the thing with Lucy and Kevin. And Vic... Vic has, like, a brief moment in this episode where he's like, maybe we shouldn't be getting married. But then he's like, i fine. I want to get married. And Vic and Paris get married. And everybody comes to the wedding. <laughs> Including Vincent and the Mil- Miles family. Miles family. Yeah. Uh, uh, even though they do not even know Paris and Vic. But a wedding first date is definitely fine. And also, I guess, it's like kind of like a stupid foreshadowing of the fact that they'll probably get back together, mm-hmm. which I know Aaron par- takes particular. I, it just doesn't happen in real life. It's just this doesn't, nobody does this. You people get divorced that. for a reason. And then they don't find their, I don't know, the only people that I think might get divorced and get back together are Wow and Roger. <laughs> Who, if you had not heard the news, sadly, have filed for divorce. Yeah. Uh, that is all for this episode. What would you rate it? Um, I don't know. It was like, whatever. It wasn't the worst episode I've ever seen. So I'll give it like a three. I'm going to give it a 3.5 because I think it was just an average seventh heaven episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we are heading close to the end of season nine. And you can stick with us as we give you episodes roughly every Wednesday and Saturday. Roughly. <laughs> um, 
And uh, you can catch those episodes on the on Stitcher, on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast, and on the iTunes Apple Podcast app by searching out CamdenCast. Uh, we are also on Facebook.com slash CamdenCast, and on Twitter and Instagram as at CamdenCastShow. I'm Tanvi. I am Erin. This is CamdenCast. I know there's no greater